0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 80s Wrestling, the podcast, a live interaction podcast dedicated to the golden era of professional wrestling. We do this show because we love the profession of wrestling and nobody, nobody that I know loves it more than my co-host and my tag team partner. And this week was a big week in the life of Tommy Fierro his ISPW wrestling promotion crowned its very first king after the inaugural king of ISPW tournament. And on top of that, Mr. Fierro had producer, producer responsibilities in the biggest connection between wrestling and rock and roll since the World Wrestling Federation and MTV. I'm talking about the last match musical which played the sold out crowds this past weekend in new jersey without further ado we're going to get into the big week recap and hear all about it my name is jumping jay but you're here to listen to my main man tommy broadway Fiero. tommy <laughs> good morning brother <laughs> As you know,
1: I look forward to my nickname every single week. That's that's a that's a funny one, man. What's going on? I I know that eighties uh, wrestling the podcast is about eighties wrestling, but uh, a big week like you said, man. We had here in New Jersey, so I know last week you let all the uh, listeners know that we're gonna be doing a recap show today of the King of ISPW tournament, and then this past Monday, the last match, a pro wrestling rock musical man oh man oh man are we going to get into that today and we have two big guests on the show today since we're tying in the tournament and the last match together in one episode uh, i thought and, and this is last second I, I just booked both of these this morning jay so uh we're going to have the two guys that i thought were the MVPs of this past weekend one is the new king of ISPW, Rick Recon, he's now the king of rock, Rick Recon,
2: he will be joining
1: us at about 10.45 Eastern Time, and in about 12 to 13 minutes or so at the 10.15 mark, we're going to have the creator of the last match musical, Jeremiah James, joining us live right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, if you were at either event this past weekend, Give us a call. Share your live thoughts. It is area code 516-595-8295. Once again, if you got to grab a pen real quick, it is 516-595-8295. Share your live firsthand experiences of ISPW and the last match musical. We are both even better. I know that there were several fans out there that were at both events. So we'd love to hear from you today.
0: And Jumpa J, I think we have someone on hold already, right? We have the caller line is lighting up already. So we'll go to the call line. Good morning, caller. You're live on 80s Rest in the podcast. What's your name and where are you calling from?
3: This is Rose from West
1: Hey man, we got a we got a back connection there with you. Oh man. Hey Jay, drop that. Let him let him try and call back in. If, if you're listening, to man, call back. We had a bad connection with you. Uh, we're we're on for the next hour, so definitely call back if you can.
0: That's right. So that call dropped. It sounded like maybe he said Russell, which would have been a first time caller here to the show. I hope he I gives us a call stopped. back. He we
1: was actually at both events? Um, he's he's one of our local uh, regular ISW fans. He was also at the musical. I'm pretty sure that was him. I. I, I it sounded like him it cut off quick, so definitely call back, man cause you were at both shows. I'd love to have your first hand feedback of that but yeah jay i'm I'm excited, man we have uh we have Jeremiah James joining us, and it, this obviously would not have happened if it wasn't for him and man, oh man, oh man uh, i I know that Jay, you saw my social media. I posted a a bunch of pictures and a video of the line outside of the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, man, it was literally, Jay, uh, around the entire block, and they turned away uh, hundreds of people at nighttime. Uh, it, the, the daytime, first of all, the, the, the Matt and Nate performance was at 2.30 in the afternoon, on a Monday afternoon, and it, it was standing room only for that. It was They were jammed in there. And for the night show, man, forget about it. I mean, they, you couldn't even move in there. It was so packed. And I heard they turned a lot of people away as well. Now, I believe we have that caller back on, right, Jay? Uh, we got another
0: caller waiting on the line. Uh, different phone number here, so we'll give it an answer, and yes. we, we'll we see who it is. Uh, caller, good morning. You're on with Tommy Fierro. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good, good morning. How are, How are
2: you, Mr. Fierro?
0: Good, man. Who's this? This is Mike
2: C. from Sparta, New Jersey. Hey Mike, what's going on, man? Not too much, not too much. Just still thinking about uh Friday night and Monday night. It was uh quite a weekend. So Yeah Jeff and Jay, Mike Mike was at
1: both uh at both shows, man, so here's your first uh your first guy you can ask question,
0: Jay. Well Mike here's yeah the deal. so let's being in Minnesota I could only see snippets on social media, so I'd love a first person's perspective on what the two events were like.
2: All right, let's start with the ISPW tournament on Friday night, which was one of the craziest, most exciting atmospheres uh, for any wrestling event I've ever been at. ISPW continues to set the bar very high on Northeast Independent Wrestling. And just what a field. And, you know, congratulations to the new king of ISPW, Rick Recon, along with LaGreca and Miss DeVille. Uh, You know, you've, you know, in a talented field like that, to come out on top really speaks to where Recon is going in ISPW. Absolutely, man.
1: He, uh, he has he three big matches against LSG, also Alpha Jr., and then the superstar Danny Morrison. Now, now Mike, I know you have never missed an ISPW show, so I mean, you can say firsthand, he, he's our Hulk Hogan. Uh, I look at Danny as our Hulk Hogan. He is he is ISPW. He is the heart and soul of ISPW. And for Recon to, to beat him in the finals, and uh, it, it, you're right, it does it does set the bar of where he is on the pecking order on ISPW. But, you know, like I said, Danny is, is still uh, the top guy, in my opinion, for ISPW. And then also, I mean, after this past Monday, and I'm, I know you're getting into that now, Mike, Uh, You know, Alpha Jr., Bull James, and Vicious Vicky, the exposure they got uh, this past Monday being a part of that musical. All three of those performers, their stocks just went up considerably.
2: Oh, yes. Agreed. Um, You know, uh, being at the show on Monday afternoon, uh, specifically Monday afternoon, and I will, you know, put myself over a little bit here because I wanted to be at the first performance. Uh, You know, I wanted to make sure that I was there in the audience live and could feel, you know, the last match, you know, a pro wrestling rock musical. Um, I will be honest, I did not know fully what to expect going in. However, I mean, I was absolutely blown away with the production. Um, It really did combine two of my loves. And a third love that maybe I didn't even know about. Uh, you know, I'm a rock and roll fan. I'm a wrestling fan. But uh, the story that was told in that last match was, you know, just so well done and so deep and thoughtful. And in a lot of ways, it reminded me of the Wrestler movie in just that I really cared about the characters. Like, you know, I Ben Vengeance to me is as real a character as Danny the Superstar Morrison For Rick Recon, and just congratulations to Jeremiah and Tommy and all of the stars of the show. Um, If you did not see the last match uh, live in Jersey City on Monday, A, I don't know what you were doing because the Cowboys-Giants game was certainly not that exciting,
4: Um, (laughs) but
2: go out of your way to follow uh, the last match a Pro Wrestling Rock Musical on social media because the reception and the vibe in that building was off the charts, and I'm sure that this is just the beginning.
1: Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, we're actually going to get, uh, Jay, do we have any other callers on hold right now or no?
2: Uh, we have our good
0: friend Babyface Face Brian waiting in the wings.
1: Okay, so I was say
0: I would, I would have kept John,
1: Mike, because we're going to have Jeremiah join us in about five minutes or so. Uh, you That's could okay, of, you I'm could here all morning.
2: Them. I can call back in and, and congratulate Jeremiah once again. <laughs> Yeah, we'll
1: have him on for about a half hour or so, 15, 20 minutes, uh, depending on his schedule. But if you want to call back, I'm sure he would love to hear that, man. We're going to get him on soon. We're going to go to babyface Brian right now. Hopefully we, we connect back with you so you can give Jeremiah your first hand experience. It's a lot, guys. If, 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 you hear, if you hear him on, call back in. He'll be on in about five minutes or so. All right. Sounds good, right, guys. thanks,
0: man. All right, thank you, Mike. All right,
1: next, ho- hopefully he calls back, uh, Jay. I'm sure he will because I want Jeremiah to hear, you know, some hand feedback if he's not listening right now. But up next is someone from uh, Chico, California, one of our favorite callers, calls in each and every week. He's the baby face of the show. Baby face Brian, welcome to 80s Wrestling, the
3: podcast. Jay,
4: Tommy. Jay, Tommy, I just wanted to uh, just say real quick, congratulations on such a successful week, and I wanted to tell everybody, if they haven't checked it out yet, if you go to thelastmatchmusical.com, uh, you can actually see a little bits of what the uh, stage looks like. You can see the performers. Um, Ramin looks like he's just in tremendous shape, oh, and uh, you can ever. hear some of his you, uh, you can hear some of his singing online. Uh, he's been in some, you know, Funny Girl, and and uh, you know, just some you know. Phantom of the Opera. He's he's, like,
1: he's 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 equivalent <laughs> to like the Undertaker on Broadway, man. He's he's a huge, huge star. And, and the coolest part is Brian and Jay also. He's so down to earth. He's super cool. He is a gigantic, gigantic international uh, superstar. And uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident we could probably get him on here in the podcast in the future as well. But yeah, man, he he was he looked like. He looked like he was ready for a WrestleMania match. And he was in damn good shape. He, he, he does. He looks like
4: Sin Balor. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, we have to call you Tommy the model hero because if you look under the uh, the talent under creative, it's hard to recognize Tommy without his ball cap on. He's got his hair all nice. And, uh, <laughs> again, uh, it, it's, it's 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 great stuff. So if you're listening to the show and you can open another window on your phone or your computer, check out the last – dot com, look under creative and look for uh, Tommy Fierro and You'll, look, you'll, you'll handsome, hardly recognize him.
1: Look, look for the handsomest guy on, on, on the roster, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It, it looks like he's not a day over uh, 42. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's amazing.
1: I'll tell you what, brother, that Jeremiah James is going to be on right after you. He's probably the best looking guy on the roster. But I, I know I'm, I have to be higher than Offa Junior and Bull James. After oh,
4: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let you go i just wanted to like i said i just wanted to congratulate you on a uh, tremendous week and uh and just tell you how talented everybody looks and the the short clips that i could see it looks like you guys have a hell of a show so have oh, a you, uh, have an excellent podcast and uh man i think this thing could be huge and i'm I'm really uh got my cr- fingers crossed and uh wishing you and, and the whole team all the best on that venture
1: Hey man, thank you so much and, and and I think it could be as well and i I really appreciate someone like you that wasn 't even there that is in California that just sees you know some clips and pictures of it online. You can grasp that just through that that you think it's going to be a really big deal. and I do too, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to go to the website and and, and check it out and if you go to uh, If you go to instagram and, and stuff like that too, and you type it in, you can see some you know some clips some pictures of it as well, but thank you so much, man.
4: Yeah, give out the Twitter handle also because there is a follow that you can do on uh, Twitter for the Last Match Musical. Yeah, and, man, I'm gonna I'm I gonna, just gonna, got, gonna, I I gonna just start sharing all as that. Well.
1: I'm gonna start sharing all that stuff on the 80s Wrestling page today. And if you're on Instagram, it's it's at the Last Match Musical. But Brian, thank you so much, man.
4: You bet. Talk to you guys soon.
0: Bye bye. All right, thank all you, Brian. Thank you,
1: man. So uh, you know what, Jay? Why don't you try and get Jeremiah on right now? And I'm gonna I'll talk briefly about this past Monday. So like. Like what he just said, uh, Mike, the the first caller, who was there live, uh, even though I was a a co-producer on, you know, this musical, I I don't have any experience with Broadway shows or musicals and stuff like that. So even I uh, had no idea what to expect going into it as far as what the production looked like. And let me tell you um, (laughs) – I walked in on now the, the rehearsals were two weeks prior to the actual musical itself, but it was in a different location, the, the the rehearsals. So you you couldn't grasp what exactly it looked like. They and they didn't move they didn't move um location to the day before the musical. So going into it you have no idea what to expect and, and, and there's plenty of pictures floating around online of of how cool it looked. And if you're friends with me on Facebook, I know a lot of you guys are, uh, you can see some of the pictures of the visuals of how cool and impressive it looked and the lighting and the music. And just, man, it was, let me tell you something. I've been doing this for 29 years uh, in the wrestling business. Uh, I've run literally hundreds of live events, conventions, autograph sessions, and I just, you know, I had a, a interview come out last week. You can, if, if some of you guys read it, some of the cool stuff I did in wrestling uh, throughout the last 29 years. Whether it's, you know, re- uh, work for WWF briefly, or you know, be a part of WrestleMania 15, or you know, I, I, I told the story about how I was part uh, part of Batista's first match when he was in WXW, just breaking in. Dude, nothing I did ever in wrestling compared to what. I experienced this past Monday and I, I just it was mind boggling man. I just I was so proud to be a part of that and just to know um just to know that I was the person that was responsible for connecting the wrestling business and the Broadway business together. Uh, is really, 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 really cool. And I know Jay said, and, and I got chills when you said it, Jay, when you said that you know, this is the biggest thing uh, since WWF teaming up with MTV as far as rock and wrestling stuff goes. And, and you're right, it is. And I'm just so, so, so proud and so honored that I was a part of this and am a part of this. And Jeremiah James, let me tell you something, man, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a promoter, so I, I know what it's like to run an event, and I know how stressful it is to run an event, and this is times 100. I mean, there's so many moving parts to this musical, and he was as cool as a cucumber the entire day, and he's, he's really unbelievable, and
0: I believe Jay has him on the line right now. Jay, are you back? Not only am I back, but I have the superstar of not only Broadway, but also the squared circle, Mr. Jeremiah James with me, Tommy. Jeremiah, what's up? What's
1: bro? up, everybody? Woo! Brother, I am still reeling, reeling from this past Monday. Uh, man, it, it, like, I, I was I don't know if you heard me say I, I did a lot of events over the last 29 years of wrestling, literally hundreds, live events, convention, signings, I've never, ever, ever experience anything like I did this past monday and, and I, I know you saw my post the other day when on facebook uh, Jay, i don't know if you saw it i said i thought my the, the biggest thing i could ever do in wrestling working creative for wwe that was always my goal growing up as a kid uh, i thought that was the mountaintop for me but man it wasn't it was this past monday and i'm never going to experience another moment like that again man as far as being that big it was mind-boggling
5: well, i I got to tell you, man, uh, that feeling is so mutual. And first of all, thank you for having me back on, guys. You know, I love coming on to talk to you both. And, uh, you know, Tommy, I love you like a brother from another mother. And uh, you guys should be my press agents, man. Come and give me an intro like that. Broadway superstar. <laughs> and I Gosh, I'm going to hire Jade all the time to be my intro guy. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Uh, but, though, honestly, you know, it, it's a joy to be back and talk to you guys. But it, I, I, I'm with you, Tommy. Like, it was you know, even for me, you know, having produced large-scale musicals, it it, it was truly a special night. It was special on, on levels that it is even difficult to put into words. I'm still reeling from it. I know my producing partner Rachel is as well as you are, Tommy, and the other producer. I mean, it just it it was surreal. You know. Be honest with you, Jay. Just so you know, and, and for the listeners out there, you know, people said that this show couldn't happen. They said it was not possible that we would never marry the world of wrestling and theater in the way that I had envisioned to marry them. And I just believe they were wrong. And and I have that kind of personality where it was like, hey, I believe that, I believe that if if, if I believe something so strongly, that I got to see it through to the end. And you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. You know, Tommy Fierro, you know i'm going to talk to him i'll talk about him like he's not here but you know he took that first phone call that started that ball rolling and 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 helped us navigate the world of wrestling in ways that we never even imagined you know he's a lifelong wrestling fan and promoter and and none of it would have occurred without him so you know i have to give you credit my brother and, and for being so gracious and being willing to step into the fray and by the way Stepping into a world that he's never stepped into before because they speak different languages. And that was oh, yeah. a lot of reason why, you know, so many people said this couldn't happen. They say, you know, wrestling is a different language and they don't speak theater and, and you don't speak wrestling because you're just a fan and you've never worked in wrestling. And, you know, and then we've got rock and rollers who aren't theater people or wrestling people and they don't speak that language because all of the things in theater have to work. As a well-oiled machine to get a show like this up on its feet. So, you know, you have to have, like, everything has to stay the same. So even talking about, like, with the wrestling, as I said, we're gonna, it's gonna be real wrestling. It's not gonna be theatrical stuff, like people pantomiming and doing fake stuff. It has to be real. I want the fans to know in the wrestling world that I'm a wrestling fan and that what we deliver is going to be real and true and an homage to the world that they know and love. And man, I just, I tell you, I still get chills thinking about it. I've been emotional the last couple of days uh, because yeah, me too, man. you know the the fans have re- they really showed up for us and they really gave their stamp of approval. As I'm telling you, Jay, nobody in the history of theater has ever gotten an this is awesome chant <laughs> <laughs> in a show. Well, let, in real, real quick, Jeremiah, of theater. Don't... Real quick, before I forget this, Jay, <laughs> after
1: the show, after the, the night show was over, and they were back, they went to the back, mm-hmm. the freaking arena, the whole arena was chanting, "Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit!" Oh my word, dude, that's the biggest compliment ever yeah. from,
5: from a wrestling it crowd, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and I'm telling you, I had people coming up to me after that show. I've never seen anything with wrestling in my life. I'm now a fan. I can't wait yep. to go to real wrestling matches. I had a dear friend of mine who came to the show, this beautiful blonde soprano. You know, this is not her world. And she had so much fun. She's like, I want to go see actual wrestling matches now. Mm-hmm. Like that was just incredible. Like the storytelling and... And just what they do with their bodies, I was blown away. I never knew. I had a young girl from, who was one of the, the dancing girls on Broadway. because So many people came from the Broadway company of Funny Girl to see the show, to support Ramin. And she literally told us, like, my life has been changed. Like, I've never seen anything like this. We had people telling us that are diehard, and I'm going to be very blunt, snobby theater people that just, you know, would never, ever go to something like this, came because they wanted to support me or they wanted to support Ramin or they wanted to support, you know, theater in general and said, this is the most fun I have ever had at a theater event in my life. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, people that hate everything like it was when I tell you that it was surreal in ways uh, I can't even describe and I'm so proud of everybody that was involved. They all sacrificed so much of their time and, and put so much blood, sweat and tears, man, into this piece. It was it was amazing to see it come to life. I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled that Tommy said yes and I'm humbled for my cast and these amazing superstars like Matt Cardona who came in. I mean Mickey J came all the way up, flew herself wow. out as one of the producers. She sat front row center man and she was She's cheering here. and John away. She loved every second of it and we were so honored to have her there, you know, and and she said, you know, this is a really It's incredible, like what you guys have put together, and girls. It's just it. It was a special time. Uh, I, I, it has never, I've never felt anything like that in my professional career. Me neither,
1: man. I mean, now now, Jay, I think we have a couple callers on hold that were actually at
0: the musical, right? Yeah, we got the calls are lighting up, and so we're gonna take some calls so they can connect with Jeremiah James and Tommy Farrell personally. This first guy, I know he was there because I saw his bright, beautiful smile. All over social media. We're going to a longtime friend of the show, Total with Tom. You're live with the crew that put together the marriage between wrestling, rock and roll, Broadway, the squared circle at all. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing?
6: Wrestling is and always has been theater. And now we can say theater is
5: wrestling absolutely love that absolutely man. my friend love it thank I, you so much for coming and supporting
6: yeah i spoke to you at the end of the show i'm the one who said that in my 40 years of following wrestling events this was i don't know how i what word to describe it but this was the best wrestling event i have ever been to in 40 years wow oh
5: man what I, what I remember what when I you said both- that to me i was just i was genuinely humbled by it man thank you so much yeah i, I you're welcome. So at the beginning of the show,
6: um, they did like a, um, basically they wanted to like say how many wrestling fans are out there and then how many theater fans are out there and how many rock and roll fans are out there. So when the show started, two-thirds of the crowd was theater. Seriously. And I was surprised. I was thinking that it was going to be mostly wrestling. And as the show went on, it became a wrestling crowd. And, I, and, I, and there was Chants. They were chanting lollipop at swagger, and they, they just they, – they knew. They just understood. And a girl I was sitting right next to, she was there because she was into theater. She didn't know what to expect. And they all got the jokes. And what I also liked is the referee at points in the match. Or oh, at awesome. points At points in the show, she'd snap her fingers. Everything would stop. And then the spotlight would go on her. And she would explain the terminology of wrestling. She would explain to those who do not know the business. And that also brought the theater buffs into that world. So then they now understood what was going on. I was blown away. I mean, I went to the 230 show, and um, I I wanted to be a part of history. And I even told Tommy, you know, it was the best event I've ever been in. I just can't wait for the next one.
5: Oh, thank you so much, man. I mean, I can't even tell you. As I told you that night, I am humbled by your words, man. This was this was written for you. It was written for wrestling fans, and our goal always was to bring a whole new set of eyes to wrestling and and really show that wrestling is a, is a beautiful art form in itself and should be respected as such. And I'm telling you, you know, to hear you say that and to hear what theater fans were saying. I really feel like we we accomplished that, and I'm, I'm very proud of everybody that was involved and, and humbled just by all of it. You know, we were so excited to, to share it with you and that you enjoyed it so much, man. Appreciate it.
6: Well, thank, thank you, and we're 100% behind you. I'll let the other callers uh, go
1: on. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Tom, Total thank Tom you so much. Sure, Thanks man. so I much, brother. First-hand, that firsthand feedback, man. Thank you, bro.
0: All right, Tommy and Jeremiah, I'm telling you what, the phone lines are lighting up. We have two numbers waiting on hold, both of them new callers to the show. They're not in our database. We're going to connect with some new people. And I'm getting the feeling that's what this rock and wrestling musical was all about, connecting new people both to the world of theater and to the world of wrestling. And it continues today, connecting people to us via this podcast. We'll go to line number one. Good morning, caller. What's your name, and where are you calling from?
3: This is Rostafa from West Orange, New Jersey. Can you hear me?
0: Hey, man.
1: Much better connection, man. How are you?
3: I'm good, man. Sorry about that. Apparently, Jersey's got a, got a T-Mobile issue at the Tower, but who knows? Like, you know, devil's a lie. I'm here, man. What's going on, Donald?
1: Hey, it's better for you, man, because we've got Jeremiah on now, and I know you want to talk to him personally about your experience from this past Monday.
3: Oh, yeah. I met him back at the cutting room, man. Uh, You know, it's funny. uh, We have mutual friends, including uh, Savannah Joyce in the moment, who I've uh, been great friends with in the music uh, scene, uh, as well as the acting scene. I always knew that Savannah was a great actress, based upon her presence and based upon what she brought. The next thing you know, I'm seeing her being a referee and also the narrator, and I thought, okay, she hasn't made now. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, man. No, I've been a wrestling fan since I was uh, eight years old, going back all the way to 2000, and I thought 10 years ago, and I don't know why I thought this, because me coming from the theater background, you're thinking, can wrestling make Broadway? Well, the next thing you know, five years later, Rocky goes to Broadway. A ring was on stage. And I'm thinking to myself, it can be done. Then next thing you know, three, four, yeah. five years later, I keep hearing that there's rumors going around like, they're going to try to do a wrestling musical. But then that hit the pandemic. I'm like, how in the hell are they going to do that? Then when I heard White Eagle Hall, I said, That is the best place you could start. They've had wrestling shows there for a while. Um, It's just a great atmosphere. I've been to White Eagle Hall. I've played at White Eagle Hall. The acoustics in that building are just going to be fantastic. Um, I did a blog, actually, on Facebook. I'm not sure if some of you guys caught that, but basically it's my interpretation of what was going on, and it needed to happen. It had to happen. And the fact that we got um, a lot of independent wrestlers to come in, especially some with actually some really good names, to really help enhance the experience, I mean, it was just incredible. But what really got me were the kids, the kids that went, especially people under the age of 10, which, by the way, a lot of them just want to be wrestlers in general. But the fact that you got non-wrestling people, non-rock and roll people that want to be wrestlers, it creates that much of a new organism of community. And that's what you want coming out of this event. And yes, I do want to see this on Broadway. And yes, I want to audition.
5: All right. I love that, man. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. And thank you for calling. You know, we, we, I wanted to write a show. Yeah, you know when I give you a perfect example, when I was talking to Matt Cardona. I was like, "Listen, no f bombs, man. There are kids out there, and I want to make sure this is a clean show for kids." And you know, and he, he was like, "All right, man, I got it, I got it." Yeah, and by the way, uh, just a shout out to Matt Cardona. He, you guys don't you know this, he was unreal. But he only had three rehearsals. he yep. showed up prepared, off book. He stepped into the ring. And that was it, and we were off to the races. You know, people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, when you get these things, like, what was the best part, you know, for you? And, like, the first show I ever wrote, it was getting that first song and knowing that that was just kind of willed into existence. With this, it was the moment that Matt and Ramin locked up in the ring for the first time in oh, yeah. in our training. And I I genuinely got emotional. am like, this is it. The seven years of from the moment I started thinking about building this show and putting something like this together to that moment was – uh it was truly a, a surreal experience. And, and literally, three rehearsals. And he, he walked out there and knocked it out of the park like he'd been doing it his whole life. Never sung with a band in his life. And he killed it. He killed yeah, it. Yeah, man. I real real quick,
1: I want to I say, too, is like, and I'm sure Jeremiah's agree with me and you guys, too. Anything that guy touches turns the gold, honestly. Like, that, that guy does e- anything he's a part of is, 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 a, is a huge thing. Like, I couldn't believe... And and, and, and I'm gonna, I got to put Ramin over. I couldn't believe how well, and, and especially because you said Jeremiah. Three, he only had three days. Cause he was he was overseas, so he he only had three days to rehearse. He looked like he yeah. was a
0: twenty-year Broadway
1: veteran. My two cousins, who are not wrestling fans, they came there and watched the show to support us. After that show was over, like you said earlier, Jeremiah, they want to come. They they want to start coming to ISW shows now, which is the biggest compliment for me because. My, my family never comes, to, outside of my mom or my wife, uh, no one really ever comes to my events. And for those, and they're younger girls, they're in their, their, their 20s, for them to say that they're wrestling right. fans now, I mean, he, yeah. he really hit a grand slam. You, gave, you, you threw him a touchdown. He went to a different stadium and scored the touchdown with it. And, and, and tenfold,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: and tenfold for Ramin, he looked like he was ready, ready to be the main event at WrestleMania. Dude, I tell you right now,
5: when he, yeah, so when Ramin came out uh, at the end of that show, uh, for the last match itself in the show, he entered, it it was as if he really was a world champion. I mean, I I don't know how else to describe it. It, it It was incredible to watch. The audience was with him, and they treated him with the respect that a world champion of 30 years would have had. Like it was, again, man, I just can't say enough. I'm, I'm humbled by it all. It was so surreal having him, an international theater superstar, say that he wants to do this show, is with it, with us in, a, in a, making it a wrestling event. He jumped into that ring with the kind of excitement that you would see like a, a kid in, in his early teens just starting out in the business learning to wrestle you know from one of the greats you know it was it was incredible and there's more to come with him everyone so get ready there's more to come absolutely jeremiah,
0: jeremiah let me ask you this before we go to our, our next caller i know that you grew up very well aware of the world of professional wrestling. You had your favorites, you understood it. It helped you kind of come up with this concept. My question is maybe for the other actors that participated in this, maybe for you yourself, stepping into the ring and taking some bumps Did that change anyone's appreciation for the world of professional wrestling? Just getting in there and kind of feeling the ropes, feeling the stiffness of the ring and taking those bumps. Did that
5: help change anybody's mindset? Everybody's every. So for instance, Amber Artolino had no uh, experience in wrestling, never watched wrestling, didn't know anything about wrestling. She came on board because she loved the story that we had written. But when she got into the ring, her and, by the way, Liz McCartney, who played the character of the mother, neither of them had any experience with wrestling or the world of wrestling. And when they took those bumps, when you hear them now describe the respect they have for the industry of pro wrestling, for pro wrestlers themselves, then to meet Mickey James and Mac Cardona's wife and all these, uh, and, and Tina San Antonio, another shout-out, Vicky Vicious, uh, Vicious Vicky, Oh, they um, killed it. I mean, they killed it. And so these ladies are, you know, <laughs> I, I remember like Liz describing it to me, who you know, is a 15-time Broadway star. Okay, she's done 15 Broadway shows. And she came to be a part of our show, right? And she says, here, I'm to meet Tina. And I walk over, and she's like, hi, I'm Tina. So nice to meet you. And she's like, she's so sweet. And then she got in the ring and starts dropping these elbows on people. And I'm sitting there going, what is going on? It was a level of respect that they never understood because until you experience it until you come to a wrestling event until you hear the sound of that ring in person until you see them put their bodies on the line to entertain the fans you really don't understand and all of these people when they got into the ring and they were taking bumps and they were you know, being taught how to drop on the ring and, and run the ropes, they didn't understand until that time. And, and I tell you what, it, it, they think it's the greatest thing ever. I mean, people who've never experienced it—the the level of respect they have for Alpha, for Bull, for what for what Tommy does in his promotion, for how these people risk their bodies for the entertainment of the fans—they're just—they're floored by it now. It's a—it's a level of respect they never. Could have even gathered until they experienced it. Absolutely, man. And real
1: quickly before we take the next call, and and I know you had to leave,
5: syndrome. I we're gonna do one more call.
1: Real quickly, I want to say you just mentioned Bull and Oppa Junior. Those guys deserve so much credit, uh, Jay, because they had not even, not even two weeks, ten days, because they had two days off a week. They had ten days to train an entire cast of of actors to be ready for this and man I mean if you saw it live like they all did absolutely phenomenal I mean I was so proud of every single one of those actors man they just really all killed it every single one of them I, I can't say one did better than the other they all did amazing and, and real quickly yeah enough, they did and, and Ball being there live to see it and I put myself in just a, a, a Broadway fans mind, mind frame for a second not a wrestling fan when Alpha and Bull came out and they wrestled, it, 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 it's a small, in, uh, intimate atmosphere. It, it wasn't a huge arena, so every seat was a good seat, and, and it wasn't really seats because there was literally hundreds and hundreds of people standing. But every every for your view was good anywhere. Seeing those guys that close up and they're that big, and when they were fighting it was each other, it, it's really goddamn impressive, wasn't it, Jeremiah?
5: Uh, let me tell you something, and I have to piggyback on this, okay, because uh, that was what I want to make sure I, I got to at this point for wrestling fans. Uh, Tommy's 100% right. These guys had 10 days to really train these actors to not be pro wrestlers, because I want to make a very big distinction here. They were trained to do wrestling moves and take bumps and do real wrestling, but they're not pro-wrestlers. Pro-wrestlers are Afa and Bull and Tina and Vicky. Those people have trained their whole lives to do this. And they graciously brought us into their world and trained my people. But Afa and Bull were the most gracious men. They were so kind. They learned theater language. They were patient and understanding. And they made Ramin Karimloo... Liz and every other one of those performers, Amber, looked like wrestling superstars yep. and made them believe that they could do it. Never blinked when, you know, there were nerves because those people are nervous. It's hard, you know, and, and it's hard taking those bumps and to have to take those. And you, I mean, you're thrown into the meat grinder, man. There's no in between. There's a video on, on Instagram. You can watch when Ramin took his first shot from Offa. You hear me screaming. Because I could, I mean, I thought his ribs gave like Like, you know, like, it's like, welcome to the world of wrestling, boys and girls. Like, this is, this is legit, you know. But those two gentlemen have, I could not have more respect for both of them, both as talents in the ring and trainers. They were, I, yeah. I just cannot say how grateful I am to both of them, how grateful I am to Tommy for bringing them into the fray. I, I they're they're not just incredible wrestlers and incredible trainers, but they're both incredible men. I'm grateful to the both of them forever. And this is just the beginning for all of us on this journey. But when we when Tommy talks about them coming out, place it was completely sold out in the second show standing room only. And, you know, I can't say I know their weight sizes, but they're both they're big super heavyweights. And, and they came out in the beginning, and the goal was to really show our audience that this was real. Oh, yeah. Wrestling fans were going to see real wrestling. And then when they came out to do their match, specifically the two of them together, it blew the lid off that building.
4: It's impressive. The two of them
5: up close, it's just, they were like gladiators. It was the most incredible thing. It, it, people were coming up to me like when. I mean, he did the Samoan. You know, uh, what is it? The Sim- not the Samoan drop. Whatever. We flew off the top ropes. People lost their minds. It was incredible. They are just incredible talents, incredible men. And I can't say enough how grateful I am to them. And I'm so excited about the future.
1: Yeah, man. We got we got another we we got another uh, call. You, you good for one more call, Jeremiah? Of course. I take another couple calls. It's all good. Awesome. Yeah, we got a couple on hold, and and we're gonna probably go a little overtime today, guys. So. Stick, stick tight. We're going to get recon on uh, in a little bit. But this is a, a hot conversation right now. And, uh, Jay, you want, to, you want to get to the next caller?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this is a gentleman that called in once today already hoping to, to talk about the last match for Wrestling Musical. We talked to him for a bit and said, hey, when you hear Jeremiah's voice, feel free to call back and talk to the man yourself. So I'd like to welcome back to the show this morning, Mike from New Jersey. Welcome back,
2: Mike. Hey, thanks, Jay. Hope all is well up there in cold Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Uh, Jeremiah, it is Mike. Uh, you and I actually had the privilege of speaking after the afternoon show, and you actually uh, said something to me that uh, really stuck with me, and you said that you remembered me from our initial conversation at an ISPW show when the uh, you were 100%. first intron-
5: introduced. To
2: the wrestling crowd, as you and Tommy... Right, listen, uh, I can tell you exactly...
5: I can, I can even tell you exactly where we had the conversation, because I have pointed to that conversation more times than I can literally count on my fingers and toes combined. Uh, I was, well, out, I I was can... standing by the. I was standing by the front doors, and uh, you came out and said, you know, I had just made the announcement, first time I'd ever been in a wrestling ring, and I made the announcement about the show. And you came up and you said, you know, man... Uh, I love wrestling. My wife is not a fan, but my wife loves theater, and I feel like this is something that maybe the two of us could go and see together. And I said, absolutely, that's what it's designed to be, and I hope you can make it out. And so when I saw that you were there and you came up to to say hello to me again, I've told that to people many times because that was always my goal. My goal was that people who were theater fans and people who were wrestling fans could come to this event together, share in something that was you know, two sides of the same coin. And, you know, to see it come to life that night, you know, when we got to that duet where they sing together about their future uh in the show and watching, uh, there were a couple people in front of me, uh and they started kind of, it was a husband and wife couple, and then there was two men that uh, seemed like a couple, and they started holding each other a little bit closer during that song. I was like, that's it. That's it right there. That's what we were working towards. We wanted people that could love theater and people that love wrestling to come together and still go on the same journey, and uh, it was just incredible. It was an incredible moment to see, and I will always remember that conversation because that was what I was going for. So thank you again, man, for saying hello. I appreciate that.
2: No, appreciate it. And, you know, if if I want to bring the story full circle, uh, a day or so later I caught my wife listening to the soundtrack. Uh, (laughs) literally uh, we were in her car and she plugged in her phone and so it just started playing the last thing she was listening to and she had clearly been listening to the last match uh soundtrack for quite a little while uh so you know it was just such a it was such a great show you know we were invested in the story uh everyone involved did such a great job it was uh Basically, you know, I still am thinking about it, looking forward to the next time I see it uh, live. And hopefully that well, you won't keep us waiting too long because uh, my wife is definitely ready to go. Uh, so it's going to be a fun <laughs> night out for the family, combining uh, two of our loves
5: and seeing what is truly a great show. Thank you so much, That's Mike. Awesome, I really man. appreciate you, man. And and thank you, thank you so much. And tell your wife, thank you for checking out the album. Yeah, we did put out the concept album on the same day. It is out for everybody at all streaming services. If you'd like to hear Ramin Karimloo, international superstar, singing these tunes, Matt Cardona singing his song, Amber Ardolino, Heather Jane Rolfe singing the mother. Like it's an incredible group of people. Sylvana Joyce and the Moment uh, are the band, and Silvana sings several of the songs. Take some time to listen to the last That's match awesome. For pro wrestling rock musical concept album. We had a blast putting that together. She's the, she's the best, by the
1: way, Jeremiah, she's absolutely awesome. Really, really awesome. And, and the mother, Oh man. Uh, you, Mike, your, your personal experience, how awesome was the mother? Uh,
2: I had, I actually had had the privilege of meeting her after the show and I had to compliment her t-shirt because growing up in an Italian household, the fact that I saw the t-shirt with the wooden spoons uh, really made me <laughs> connect to that character uh and it was just spectacular. Uh as, as she was with awesome. her song, it was we uh, we were actually driving uh uh to her office and that song came on and my I I couldn't help but notice my wife's expression as she just laughed and was really enjoying the song. And I, and uh, just what a great character, uh, in, in addition uh, with everyone else in the last match.
5: Oh, awesome, man. I'm so oh, happy that, man. Like that. It makes me so happy to hear that, man. Thank you Hell so, yeah, so much.
1: And then, and then uh, Mike, real quick before, Mike, real quick before we let you go, just being an ISPW fan, I know you, you're at every show, how cool was it to see Bull, Alpha, and Vicky in it?
2: Well, you know, Vicky, uh, you know, Vicky's music. Hit, and I, honestly, you know, as Jeremiah pop the when, uh, musical, music,
1: hit.
2: It, I mean, it was like being at an ISPW show. The pop was there, and and uh, you know, the fans went nuts, and you you can just tell that Vicky has that special connection with her audience. Nice. And you know my feeling on Bull James. That is one of the best talents of the last fifteen years, and Alpha Junior as well seeing them fly around and hit those moves uh, was just such a, it's just great, Uh, great athletes, great performers, and they put on a great show. And my favorite part of the show uh, was when Vicky and and her opponent went into the ballet sequence, because I said, if that doesn't really show what pro wrestling really is, uh, you know, I think the audience really appreciated that.
1: Oh, yeah, man. That was awesome. Dude. And Thank you so much for calling in and giving us your first you experience. Thank you so, so
2: much. All right. Guys, really have a great it, afternoon, and look forward to hearing from the King Recon shortly. All right, brother. He'll be on shortly. All right. Have a good one.
0: People are just – it's it's for being a guy in Minnesota who's kind of looking from afar at the social media talking to Tommy, to hear people called in that were actually there and expressed such – An outpouring of love and appreciation for what you guys did. I'm actually, I get goosebumps sitting here just listening to people. Uh, And so, Jeremiah, you've been very gracious with your time. I I greatly appreciate that. We have one more caller who's just been hanging on hold. It's a new number to the show, so I'm excited to see who it is. No doubt someone who's here to talk to you and not Tommy or I. So we'll bring them on uh, and we'll see what kind of feedback they give. Caller, good morning. Thank you for waiting on hold. What's your name and where are you calling from? You're live on 80s Wrestling, the podcast with Jeremiah James and Tommy Fierro. What's your name, sir? Uh, my name,
7: uh, you know, people used to call me the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I was there in the, in the audience that night. Uh-huh. I think you guys know who I am. So I hear Thomas starting to laugh. <laughs>
5: That's great. Absolutely, man. We, I absolutely remember you were with you were there with Macho Man, brother. We saw you. Yeah. We met you. It was a joy to have you there, bro.
7: Yes, mia maestro, we uh, you know we uh, bear the hatchet if you will for one night to enjoy your performance. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, my name is Mike. By the way, I'm gonna break K uh Great show. I real when I saw this, I felt like I had to be there because it was history to me. It's wrestling, and I actually grew up. I was a drama student as a kid, and I, I love the theater, and I love plays, and I was in plays when I was a kid. So when I said to myself, I'm like, I have to be there and witness this, and also support some great people, Tommy, Bull James, uh, Vicious Vicky, Matt Cardona, and it was an unbelievable time, and it really felt groundbreaking. It really felt groundbreaking, but it felt, um, it, it just it felt so genuine. And, um, I was gonna come as myself until Macho texts me early in the day and says, "I need Dusty to be there with me so <laughs> that's
5: right, absolutely. Uh, Dusty. Dusty had to be there. we needed the dream, we needed the dream, period
1: <laughs> Mike what, i Mike, let me, listen, I, I can't
5: thank you enough, Mike like genuinely, it was you know having you there, having you guys in costume, being with us it was it was joyous. I mean, you're talking cool. about somebody who has been dressed up to go to wrestling shows in, you know, wearing my belt. <laughs> and like, uh, it, you know, it, it was incredible to have you guys there and supportive. And, and you're right. It was history. It was a groundbreaking night. And, and I don't say that uh, lightly. It was really, it was a history-making night. We had international superstars from literally opposite sides of the entertainment spectrum, from wrestling to international theater and recording artists coming together to tell a story just for wrestling fans. And a whole new slew of fans and people that weren't fans walked out being fans. Something like this has never been attempted. People said it couldn't happen, that it would never work. You know, there aren't even contracts for shows like this through, uh, performance. I mean, it, it, it's wild what we were able right. to pull together. And that was just because of the belief in, in the show, the belief in the product and, and the belief in, you know, wanting to tell a great story specifically for, wrestling fans and uh you know i just i'm grateful you were there
7: that story that you have that every every wrestling fan or a fan of anyone goes through that story when a player or a wrestler or a music artist is coming towards the end of their career and it's how are they going to pass the torch is it time to pass the torch and you get that you know you you feel a certain type of way and i know i did when my favorite wrestlers or artists have to pass the torch and you're you you really think about like how should it be done or um you know is it best for business best for the person so you i i went back in my head thinking as a kid thinking about all my favorite wrestlers when they were coming to the end of career and it really it it struck a a chord in me so it was just i just can't say great enough great things about i had to call in and great job from everybody unbelievable
5: I'm so grateful man. Thank you so much for being there thank you for what you said because that really that really I so appreciate it because that's what you know the idea behind this is so many times we've seen people uh, it, it's a universal story and that's that's really the goal. We all have these people that we've loved and and they have to pass the torch on. How are they going to do it wrestling with saying good leaving something like that behind? And then who are you after that? You know, it's the idea if you were a police officer your whole life or a teacher or a, whatever the job is that you've done your whole life and you've identified yourself as being that person and all of a sudden you're having to pass that torch on to the next generation, it's something we all have to face in our lives, whether you're an entertainer or, you know, an everyday working person. And I tell you what, it... I was so happy that it resonated with people because it resonated even with us, you know, as performers and, and saying, you know, hey, I might not be able to do this forever. And, and it's a universal story about at the end of the day, if you can no longer be the person you always identified yourself to be, who are you going to be? And were you going to be able to go out with your pride intact and, and know that what you did was worth something and to be remembered? And uh, I'm just so glad. I'm so glad that you felt that, that you saw that and uh, that you were with us on the journey, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys,
7: Tommy. Good luck with everything in the future.
5: All right.
0: Dusty Rhodes calling in, or rather Mike from the New York <laughs> area. I actually saw a post, a picture on Instagram of Dusty, the Macho King with Tommy Farrow on Tommy's uh, Instagram page. So as soon as he said who he was, I pulled back that picture so I could see the voice and the costume all at once. It sounds like it was just an incredible incredible opening weekend for you, Jeremiah. What blows me away, if I can be honest with you, is I know you said you conceived the idea about seven years ago, but from the time you have an idea to have it live in front of an audience, it seems like it went fast, at least from a spectator sitting many, many miles away from the process. But as the creator, do you feel like it went from idea to on stage Was that a quick process for you personally or did it feel like it took long enough and you were like, finally, my vision is in front of other people? (laughs) Or describe what's that creator mentality like from idea concept to finished product? Just walk me through that. Like that must've been a rush beyond all rushes
5: to have opening night go so Uh, well. uh, Please. It's unprecedented. So just, just to be very clear, uh, uh, a show from the time that it's conceived to the, usually the time it gets to Broadway is on average 12 years. That's the That's average good. time frame it takes. From the moment you come up with it and you start writing to the moment it makes it to Broadway, you're talking about 12 years, right? Um, I have never in my professional career, of all the things I've produced, concepts I've built, nothing has ever moved as quickly as this show has moved. Uh, it is unprecedented. It is unprecedented it's otherworldly, it's almost difficult to put into words. I had this idea seven years ago. It had been bouncing around in my head seven years ago. Mm-hmm. But we didn't start writing it until I called Jason Husa, my writing partner on another show, and I pitched it to him. And I said, look, I got this idea. I've been thinking about it for years. Let's do it. And he said, I'm in. And had it not been for Jason, none of this would have happened. Jason also... Wrote the lyrics on, on many of the songs, the majority of the songs. And, uh, you know, then we brought Silvana and her husband and his composers. But just so we're 100% clear, 12 years is the average time frame for the moment mm. you start writing the show. Okay. This show, we started, we had a meeting in September 2019 with the whole team at my apartment in Jersey City. The world shut down at the beginning of 2020 in the pandemic. We weren't even able to get together in person for almost two years, and we wrote it throughout the pandemic. And then once we were able to, from March the 5th, we had a reading with a cast, just sitting around a table reading the script, March the 5th, 2022. So that's two years of time that we wrote this show. And then from March 5th till now, five months or so, we combined The amount of work and effort that usually takes, on average, five or six years, Hmm. but people wanted this show so badly and were so excited about it, it was turbocharged like I can't even describe to you. The industry couldn't even process how much happened in that short window of time, an album, Ramin, Matt Cardona the wrestling world started grabbing hold. People started wanting to talk more about it. They heard the music. They wanted more. And it led to this pro wrestling event that was a concert that happened to be, you know, a musical theater storyline. Like it, nothing happens as fast as this show has come to life and delivered for the fans. Like it, I cannot put into words to you how unbelievable it has been to the point where and my phone didn't stop ringing, and Tommy can attest to this. Like, press coming out all over the place. And because Ramin Karamlou put his name on it, he said, I'm doing this. We're going. And I want to start learning to wrestle. And I was like, ah, we got to figure this out. So, I mean, it it, it is unprecedented what we have done in the time that we did it in and then delivered for the fans in the way that we have and that I believe that we will in the future. But it, from the moment we started writing was September 19 to launching a live wrestling event in September of this year. So what is that? Two years? It's crazy. It's crazy. That
0: it, To listen to you tell the story that way, when you say it typically takes a dozen years to get a concept in front of an audience and that you guys sped that up and took a decade, a decade off of that process, that's, like you said, it's unworldly. It's it's remarkable i don't know what to say to that uh my big question is what is the next thing for the last match pro wrestling musical you had an awesome opening weekend is there plans to take the show on the road was it just a one weekend thing all along or what is the next
5: step for this musical jeremiah Uh, this 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 show is going to have a very long and healthy life
0: Hmm. this
5: was just our first step um, the goal is to take this show on the road around the United States. Uh, we're hopeful to do a sit-down, fully immersive production in uh, Las Vegas and, uh, inter- and then take the show international. Um, London, Japan, you name it. The goal is to take this show to the people that want to be a part of it, you know, to these wrestling fans and theater fans alike, and, and have them all be one beating heart underneath the same roof, telling that story And, you know, we're very excited about the future. We're in the process of writing backstory comic books for all of the characters so they can all follow how these characters have come to life in the world and that we've built. Uh, And we have more music coming uh, for fans. So sign up for our newsletter, go to our website, you know, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. There is so much coming over the next six months to a year. And for all of those fans who were the first to follow us, we just can't thank you enough. And uh, we hope to continue to bring you exciting content as we build up to the the next-level production with these incredible stars that are still attached to the project for the future. Matt Cardona, Ramin Karimloo, Amber Ardolino are all coming back for another version of the show. So uh, tune in to uh, get those updates because it's going to happen (laughs) faster than even myself and my producing partners and tommy can keep up with it so we're really excited there's so much coming down the line and we're so excited to share it with all of you and we're just grateful for every single fan uh, that has followed us and supported us and we'll forever be grateful for everyone who came out to jersey city to help launch this show into the stratosphere we're grateful just grateful
0: well, Jeremiah James, I cannot thank you enough for being gracious with your time this morning, allowing us to keep you longer than anticipated, but the callers demand it to get one-on-one time with you. On a personal note, my friend, I just want to say congratulations to you and to Tommy. As a wrestling fan, I cannot be more proud that there are people like you who are introducing a whole new audience to the thing that we fell in love with as children congratulations on the amazing opening weekend i am beyond excited beyond happy for you guys and i cannot wait until the last match musical comes a little closer to my neck of the woods although vegas it's always fun to go to vegas so maybe that's the stop i choose to make but congratulations Jeremiah.
5: <laughs> i am so happy for you guys thank you so much man And thank you so much for having me on and thank you to tommy Fierro, my brother from another mother i love you dude and I, I, i'm grateful for you every day that you took that phone call and and to my entire cast and crew thank you everybody for believing in us and and coming on this incredible journey couldn't have done it without our entire team and uh excited about the future everybody this is just the beginning
0: all right well jeremiah thank you so much uh, enjoy the you must be riding a high effort this weekend so take some time to celebrate to reflect and to just be happy in the moment you're in, because it's a, it's a big-time moment.
5: Absolutely. I appreciate you all. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.
0: All right, you too, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. There it was, Tommy, Mr. Jeremiah James, filling us in on everything related to the last match musical. And now it's time to switch gears. It was a big week for you. It was a big week for people in New Jersey, big week for fans, professional wrestling, because not only... Did we have the debut weekend of the last match musical, but you also held the first ever ISPW King of ISPW tournament, and you crowned a new King to rule over its promotion. And so we're going long today on the podcast, Tommy, but it's well worth it because we need to know everything to do with the ISPW King of the Ring tournament. From your perspective as a promoter, Tommy, How do you rank this show compared to the other big shows that ISBW has put on? Radio silence from the man himself. I kind of suspected that maybe uh, something happened with his microphone, so let's check out and see if we can get back to the man himself. Tommy, are you there? Hey, can you hear me, man? Can you hear me? We can hear you, man. Listen, I kind of suspected we uh, were I know having the technical difficulties. The, the
1: worst Wi-Fi in the world at the Wrestling Collector. The worst Wi-Fi in the world.
0: <laughs> Listen, I suspected technical difficulties when Jeremiah James Jeremiah- tried to say something to you and you didn't respond to him. I'm like, that's unlike Tommy.
1: Well, if Jeremiah, if Jeremiah is still listening, man. Thank you so much for everything you said. And you, without question... Without question, gonna be the greatest moment in the history of professional wrestling. Man, thank you so much.
0: Listen, I, I it was beyond. I mean, it was such good podcast to just turn off my mic, sit back, and listen. Because not only is he well spoken, uh, he represents the worlds of theater and pro wrestling so well. And to hear callers who got to be there and experience it, because. Wrestling is an experience. Theater is an experience. And so to meld those two worlds together, I can only imagine the electricity that was in the air. So to turn off my mic, sit back and listen to people that got to experience it firsthand, that I texted Tommy for the listeners to know. I texted, I'm like, this is such, it's just good podcast to sit here and listen to it, to hear fans and producers interact on a show that they shared an experience. And so I thoroughly enjoyed the last hour. But Tommy, we are switching gears. We're talking now of the ISPW king of ISBW tournament. We're going overtime today, but it's well worth it from a promoter standpoint. How do you stack this show compared to other big ISBW shows that you've put together? I, I'll tell you what, man.
1: If you want to, and also, if, when, I, when I get into the talking, do, do you have that audio clip of his interview that I told you about from last week?
0: We have. The promo of Rick Recon on tap, okay. ready to go at your word, my man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you when to play. it. That way, you get a moment. Real quickly, I want to say, just to answer your question. I've always wanted to do a tournament. Uh, I've been promoting shows for 29 years. I never did one before. It was always something I wanted to do. It just had to been had to be the right opportunity because you know there's a Super Eight in New Jersey and. Delaware area, this, this East Coast area. So you don't want to take away from that. So you had to do something original, something different. So I thought that the King of ISPW tournament would be great, kind of like a, a, a knockoff or a bite off or a, a tribute to the WWF, WWE's King of the Ring. It was, it was pretty much like that. It was a one-night, eight-man tournament to crown a uh, first-ever King of ISPW. And Rick Recon was the winner, and I know that you're going to try and get him on right now. Now, real quickly before you do that, day before the tournament took place, he posted a video on Facebook. It was a promo that he cut. And if you're a fan of professional wrestling, you can listen to this promo. You can just tell how amped up he was for and how he knew this was his time. He had one opportunity to cut a promo that would get people get people's attention, and I'll tell you what, man, I've been doing this for a really long time, and he he sold me. He sold me on the promo when he cut it. I'm like, damn, man, this, this guy really freaking wants it, and I really felt strongly about that statement after listening to it. So, yeah, man, if you want to play that video right now and get them on in the meantime, that'd be awesome. This is a promo that R- Rick Recon released the day before the King of ISPW tournament. Uh, just took some last-second hype, and man, he, he really, really, really knocks it out of the ballpark.
2: ISPW, Totowa, New Jersey.
8: Tomorrow, you bear witness to my coronation. Yes, I am that confident. I know damn well that I am not only going to advance to the finals, regardless of who's in front of me. I'm going to win the tournament. The king of ISPW, see, there always has to be a first. My name is going to go in the history books as the first king of ISPW. Once that happens, everyone at ISPW is on notice. Everyone. That includes whoever the champion is at the end of the night. Watch your back. Because I'm watching yours, too. And with my main man, Dave LaGreca, And my main woman, my number one lady, my queen, Miss DeVille, who can beat me? Who can stop me? Not any of you. So prepare to bow down to your new king. The headliner. The king of rock. Rick Recon.
1: Now, me being the promoter of ISPW and hearing that promo just 24 hours before a show that I'm extremely excited for, that he cut on his own without me asking, he just sent it to me. Or he actually just posted it. I didn't have to ask for it. He just posted it. But it got me hyped. So me doing this for a very long time, Jay, when a performer can get me hyped for my own show you know he's doing something the right way. And Jay, I know you listened to the, the promo before you, uh, we started the show today. Real quickly, give me your feedback on the promo from an outsider looking in, someone that you're done in Minnesota, right? So I know you follow ISW pretty closely because I'm the one that's running it. But just as a fan listening to that promo, what, what was your take on it and then introduce him into the show?
0: Tommy, you know that uh, as a wrestling fan, not only is it the action in the ring, but it's the promos itself that draws you in. And a lot of times when you think of wrestling, you think of the the over-the-top, yelling, the screaming. But every once in a while, you get a guy like a Jake the Snake, someone who can just softly deliver a promo that not only gets you excited but it kind of chills you to your bones and the little hairs on your neck start standing up and it draws you in. And that's exactly the type of promo this was. It wasn't an over the top. I'm going to get you in. I'm going to dump you on your head. I'm going to break some tables. This was a man who was focused on the upcoming event and it gave you those goosebump type feels, Tommy. So on a promo, this thing was out of the park. Absolutely,
1: man. And, again, I said, any any wrestler that can get me pumped up and excited for my own event is, is special. And real quickly, he's on right now with us. I, I want to say, real quick, uh, Rick, before we, we get you just to give everyone a backstory since we, we, we pull the curtain back sometimes here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Rick Recon is someone that I really took an interest in, probably, I would say the beginning of the summer. He, he's just different. And, and I mean that in the best way possible. Um, he just has something he has something different than a, a lot of the other guys do. And that's not a knock on anybody else. You, the roster I have, they're all fantastic performers today. You can attest to that. You were at our big show after 80s Wrestling Con this past May. So you know that all my talent can go. In the ring, they're freaking phenomenal. There's something about him that catches my attention. It's something different about him that catches my attention. And I I knew, I know there's something there. I knew there was something there. And I started talking to him more on a a personal level than a promoter wrestler level, uh, just to, to pull the curtain back over the last few months. And, you know, we wound up connecting with each other and, hitting it off, and and he's someone that has a shitload of drive in him. Trust me, man. uh, uh, Probably 99% of the locker room uh, doesn't know him like I know him, and he's someone that really, really, really wanted it, and someone that I feel one day, without question in my mind, uh, will be a WWE superstar. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might be a year from now. It might be two years from now, but he has that special factor and with with more time comes experience comes you know he 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 posted a a a post the other day talking about you know how his his character has evolved and his his mindset has changed over the last few months but it's someone jay that i think that is going to make an impact in this business in a couple years from now and it, it, it's a, it's a, the reason why I went with them last week, man. I just, I'm a big fan of them. Rick, welcome to the show, man.
8: <laughs> I don't need to say very much after that. I, you don't, know. I don't
1: need to follow that, brother. You better send me a check for that one.
8: Yeah, I, yeah. well, it's in the mail. Hold on a second. I gotta pull it up. I gotta write out the king's the king's the king's, the king's currency on the king's check. I just got him in the mail. I'll, I'll send it out to you. <laughs> not? No, and all in all seriousness,
1: though, Jay, I mean every, every word I said, man. The, the kid is freaking not a kid; he's a man. Uh, he just has that some he has a certain certain something that you can't put your finger on. Like if I and I, and I use this analogy, lot, like Jay, and after this, you you take over and you talk to him about Friday. But um, it's equivalent to like I said this in the past. Like if CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were standing online in you know at a supermarket in front of you. You know, you're, you're not going to, you're going to think he's just an average person, you know, like an average whoever. Like if, if it was King Kong Bundy, oh, that guy's somebody. But if you see a uh, recon in person that he, especially when he's, he's dressed nice and his hair is back and he has a blazer on, like, he fucking looks impressive. Like he looks like, if he's not a wrestler, he looks like somebody. Like who's that guy? And if you put him in a, in a lineup of 50 people, 50 average people, he, he'd be the one that stands out. There's just something different about him. And then that promo you just heard. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to, to listen to that promo and tell that he has something special. Um, okay, you can take over, man. I don't want to be impartial or biased, but you can, you can talk about this past Friday night.
0: Well, Rick, first of all, I know as the king of ISPW, you have a very busy schedule. So I thank you for not only taking time uh, to be with us, but just to grace us with your royal presence this morning. We greatly appreciate it. As a fan of ISPW, but I live in Minnesota, I can't make it to shows in person, but I follow very closely on the product on social media. Tommy keeps me informed. It seems like you have been building momentum for the last couple months, building up to the first ever King of ISPW tournament. And so I know momentum has been in your favor. I know you were looking to outperform your opponents at the big event. I just want to know, how does it feel to be the
8: very first King of ISPW? Listen, everybody talks about cloud nine. I'm on cloud 19, cloud 29 still. I, I got to work with three of the best in the industry all in one night, LSG, Alpha Jr. And Danny Morrison. You can't put a price on that experience, that, that, that level of, of competition. So, so it, it was truly a moment of like, when you put in time and effort it's an investment. You, it's something you're not going to always see results right away. You have to just put in the work. You have to put in the time. And I felt like finally all that time and work and effort that I put in had paid off. And it was all in that one big, you know, pun intended, crowning moment.
0: When you're preparing for a night where you're not wrestling one match, you're wrestling multiple matches, just from a performer's mindset, like how do you have to prepare for a night where you know you're going to that ring multiple times against, like you said, highly talented individuals? Is it a different mindset than a, than a show where you might have one match on the card? What's it like mentally to prepare for a, for a tournament-style
8: night? You have to look at it as a long game because again it's it's a, at that point it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. you're not having one six eight minute match, let's say even a ten minute match. You're having three separate matches against three different individuals, three separate styles of guys it, it's it's you have to kind of dig into the arsenal of not only you what you do in the ring, but uh your' Your mental grit. You have to dig in and go. Okay, this this is going to be a long, tough night. So you you better have your endurance up. You better have your cardio up. You better have be on point the entire night because one slip up is you're, you're going to get hurt. Period. And that was that's obviously that's in the forefront. But again, as a performer, you have to give it all when you go out there, no matter what, no matter how long of the night is going to be. So it's a balance. It's a balance between that. And, uh, I mean, leading up to the tournament, I knew um, that there was a possibility that this, you know, would happen, that I would have to wrestle three matches in one night. So everything that I had done up to that point, whether it's, you know, weight training or in-ring work, was all focused on that, everything, regardless of any other events or shows or anything that i I had going on that was the main focus was that so i and it i mean it seemed to have paid off because i got through it and it was a night i'm not going to forget even 50 years from now i'm always going to look at that moment as that was the moment in my career
0: Well, congratulations, because it is is a moment, and you're the first ever king ruling over the ISPW promotion. Just so our listeners are all on the same page with us, we do have a hard out uh, at 1130 Eastern Time, so we have about nine minutes left in the show, and then after that, it'll just log us out, but we're going to keep continuing this conversation. Rick, we got some calls on hold that want to talk to you, Your Majesty, but before we get to that... Knowing Tommy Fiero, knowing that he's a 29-year veteran in the promotion business for wrestling, he, uh, no lie, probably two months ago, three months ago, he told me that he, he saw something in you. He said, this, this guy's got it, and we're going to pull it out of him, and the sky's the limit. How does it feel as a performer when your promoter has that kind of belief in you?
8: It's an incredible sense of validation because you always want to aspire to be that type of a performer that a company and that's at the level that ISPW is, you know, and then obviously you have a promoter promoter like Tommy Fierro that's been doing it for 30 years at such a high level. You know, you aspire to be, you know, again this might be cliche, but the guy, the man, you know, since they like, Yep, you're the you're the one and you have it, you know, and that's an incredible sense of validation. And when you have that, your confidence goes through the roof. And and the thing about being, you know, a, a professional wrestler, sports entertainer is, you know, momentum and confidence is everything. When you have that, everything clicks, everything flows, everything just Works and you can actually delve into your uh, creative processes. Like, it, it's, it's – and it's something that you don't always get, you know. You're not going to always get that at every single promotion that you, you work with. Um, some Listen, some people are going to see it. Some people aren't. So my mentality is, well, is to go where the people see it. Go where the promotion, the promoter sees it. And obviously, Tommy sees it. And he saw it before I saw it. You know, and you're, you're always your own worst critic. That's just how it is. That's life. That's especially professional wrestling. But it was that Friday at the tournament that was the, okay, I see it now. I can see it. I can see what I'm capable of doing now, finally, for myself. And, you know, all the people, you know, and and Tommy saying, yeah, man, you you have it. You just need to pull it out of yourself. You just need to do it. And finally, it was like, there it is. Okay, now let's do this thing. Let's change the game.
0: (laughs) That is an absolute awesome response to that question. We have just... Under six minutes left in broadcast time. We're going to take a phone call, Rick. This is one of the biggest fans of ISPW. Calls in all the time. Toto Tom. we got about five minutes worth of time for Toto Tom time. You're on live with Rick Recon. All
6: right, let's get this real. I'll get off real quick, but I just got to say, it's a travesty that I had to sit on hold for 25 minutes to speak to my liege, my king, King Recon, who by the way, had to wrestle three times Friday night when no one else had to do that. Your guy Shane Donovan uh jumping gym, the guy who you said was gonna win, he pussied out. He didn't even wrestle. Rick Recon is not only the greatest technical wrestler in ISPW, he is by far the best looking, he has the best body, he has Queen Deville, who is the best ballet. And he also has the cunning Prince Dave LaGreca as his manager. And you are not being fair to King Recon the way he was treated on Friday night. You both should be bowing right now in front of him. On if, all, <laughs> the all, if, only all,
8: if only all my subjects could, could be like that. <laughs> that, I, that is the, that's the praise I want to hear. That is the praise I want to hear. Thank you. You can, you can, be, you can be my squire.
1: <laughs> hey, in all, in all seriousness, Tom, uh, someone that has never missed an ISPW show from the start. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dear friend of mine. He comes to every event. Tom, what, and, and, and going into it, you actually predicted that Rick Recon was going to win. Uh, we had a couple minutes left. What was it like seeing him, I know you're a fan of his, uh, go all the way on Friday night?
0: Listen, listen Tommy, this is the thing with Toto Wata. When his time's up, he just hangs up. Like he, he said what he came to say, and then he, he hung okay. up his phone. So uh, he's the type of guy, he knows what he wants to say, he says it, and he gets off the microphone. Clearly, clearly he probably, he probably a big got fan to, got from of the boss. King of Rock. He
2: got, he's,
0: he's at work in the back room making the phone call, but clearly a big fan of the King of Rock, the King of Roll. Uh, so, Rick, I mean, if you got fan base like that, I think you're gonna ride this wave quite far.
8: Yeah, listen, listen. Hearing that again, it's a sense of validation. Is the is everyone? See, here's the thing: the 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 problem that you you run into uh, a lot in this business is people tend to forget that this is about the fans. This is about this is supposed to give back to them. If I might pull pull the curtain back a bit, it's supposed to be about them. It, and, and it's supposed to give them genuine emotion and memories and make them feel something. It's not just about, hey, listen, look what I can do, and I can do this cool thing to get myself over. Like, that's fine, but if you're not giving back to the fans and you're not making them react like Total with Tom, then, then you, you're, missing, you're missing the point. You're, you're not doing your job to the fullest extent that you can do it. So, again, it's, it's awesome to hear that. And, you know, again, regardless of if they cheer me or they boo me, it's for the fans. That's just how I've been. And, again, that's a mindset that was really pushed heavily by Tommy that, listen, this, this is what this is about, and this is what's important. And when you make that your focus, that's it. And like you said, the sky is the limit. Yeah, man. Look, we're, we're, we're gonna wrap it up because we're gonna we're gonna
1: get we're gonna boot it off. Um, you're right, and no matter if you get a, a big pop as a babyface or a heel heat at the hail, as long as you get a reaction, that's that's what matters. And I can tell you firsthand as the promoter of IHW, when he comes through that curtain, he gets a reaction. Would it be and, and, and the cool thing is, is half the crowd was behind him against the most over babyface we have, so it's very very very, very interesting. I'm really looking forward to the future. And Recon, we'll have you on again, man, when we have more time. Uh, The last match musical really uh, took over a lot of the time, but congratulations, man. I'm a big fan of yours and I'm I'm
8: excited for the future with you, man. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Thank you.
1: The uh, 2022 king of ISW, Rick Recon joining us here. Big show tonight, Jay,
0: huh? Listen, this, listen, it was a big, big week in New Jersey. You had the last match musical. You had the ISPW, king of ISPW tournament. We had two of the main people from each of those worlds on today's show. Huge the show. We went The two biggest, the stars. We went half an hour over. But I tell you what, just listening to the last 10 minutes with Rick Recon, we need to have him on as the guest for an entire hour because I think that guy – could entertain and educate us on the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, man, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a bright
1: future. And, Jay, hope you and your family, I, I know that you, I'm not going to do my gimmick voice, hope you guys <laughs> have a great weekend. And, and you have two Wrestling Guy magazines now that I sent to you. We can talk about that more next week on the show because we're out of time. But uh, we'll figure out what the episodes will be next week, and we'll join you next week right here on 80s Wrestling,
0: the podcast.